sacred part right here when white folks come back and find out ex niggas done stole it. <laughs> This is a message to the black man in America From Elijah Muhammad, the messenger of a lot To whom praise is due forever It ain't a rhyme, it's a lyrical sage's letter I got a mind and it's ticking like a time bomb Hitting every nigga in the head with Islam And I'm kicking backs to the blacks in the projects Yo, I got a sword in my hand for the rednecks Damn the KKK Your cross burning peck of woods wearing a hood Yo, we don't play Go get your buddies and your white sheets fixed with a badge and a gun, 25 cars keep, son. The only weapon that I carry is the truth about the government's plot to destroy black youth. The devil is the Mac using you to kill a black brother in the dope game, slinging cocaine and crack. But if you're too damn blind, deaf, and dumb to understand where I'm coming from, with a M-E-S-S-A-G-E to the black man, A-N-D, his enemy. The color man is the other man who took the brother man from the motherland, got him fighting one another and took our name. Plus, lost the religion, the cult to the god of us, the enemy. Yo, he had to deceive us with a blind man, blue-eyed beggar with Jesus. To make us permanent slaves, but lies of us must be raised up to bust and plus to crush the devil who put us all in a fine mess. Gave us a fake god and fed us wine flesh. You made us call you master, your pastor, put us in your church and gave us your pastor saying we shall overcome, but none overcame. Ain't a damn thing changed and you still got a slave name. Your brain is trained in the pain of a sick man. Begging a rich man, sinking like quicksand. Cause Babylon the great is falling and calling us all in. But you don't want to get involved in America's evil. Wicked way of life, man. Separate from the goddamn white man. Damn, Uncle Sam better know as the color man. Read the final call, fall of America. And I was saved up as a ride with the plan from God himself. Call message to the black man. Hitting every nigga in the head with this mop. The follow-up. 
justice, equality and independence to all African descendants who came here in the year 1555 and lost 600 million lives on a ship from Africa to North America. Study the man's character and listen to the messenger, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Drop the supreme wisdom atomic bomb, but you ridiculed and rejected him. Very few of you niggas accepted him. You love to argue, but hate to listen. You condemn the Muslims, but you ain't a Christian. Well, what is a Christian? One who is Christ-like, not one that eats the pig and smokes the pipe, right? Adulterous, fornicators and hypocrites saying God's a ghost who had sex with an innocent white woman, but Jesus is black. So why the hell are you waiting for a white man to come back? Look inside the book of Revelations, hard chapter one, giving a description of the true and living black God. Damn, Uncle Sam, better known as the colored man. Read the final call, fall of America, and our Savior has arrived with the plan from God Himself. Call message to the black man. Assalamu alaikum family, can y'all hear me? Let me know if you all can hear me. <clears throat> all right. In the name of Allah, the beneficent and merciful. I bear witness there is no God but Allah who we believe came in the person of Master Father Muhammad. And I thank him for raising up for us the living and exalted Christ, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And we thank those two for leaving in our midst today. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, our divine warner and guide in our midst. Send their three names. I would like to greet you with the greeting words of peace. We say it in the Arabic language of Assalamu alaikum. All right. This morning we are going to be tuned in to a special message called the crucifixion of Michael Jackson, the crucifixion of Michael Jackson. I chose this series. Well, I guess it is going to be a series on here, but I chose this lecture today because I see so much in the news about celebrities and over the past, shoot, I don't know, two, three months, allegations about celebrities, this and that, this is, then you look it up and you look at the details that end up not being true. And you're looking at headlines and you're looking at blogs. So <clears throat> I wanted to share this because, you know, the minister said in closing the gap that we may be in a conspiracy against ourselves unwittingly. When we, you know, disunited. So I want to also give us this perspective as well um, so that we're not participating in uh, that of others. Although, you know, we see them as celebrities and I guess we see them as they're not normal people, but these people have, you know, feelings, families and reputations as well. So I want to share this in light of all of the different celebrity news that's going out and uh, even recent stuff came back out about old celebrities. So 
let's check this uh, video out. If you're here for the very first time, make sure that you take some notes so that you can jot them down. And at the very end of this, we would like to hear what stood out for you. Uh, so we're going to go for about an hour and a half. We are going to be listening to this for about a couple of days because this lecture in particular is two hours and 30 minutes. So we're going to be on this one for a few days. Uh, but make sure that you take notes and you are prepared to share at the end. Let's go. We thank him for Moses and the Torah and the Israelite prophets for the Old Testament. We thank him for Jesus and the gospel and the apostles that gave us the New Testament. We thank him for Muhammad ibn Abdullah who gave us the Quran. Peace be upon these worthy servants of Allah. As a student of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, I could never thank Allah enough for his intervention in our affairs, raising up from among us one to lead, teach, and guide us back to his straight path. The one who intervened is Master Farad Muhammad, whom we believe is the great expected Mahdi or guide that would come to the world at the end of this present system of things. And we believe that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is that great one whom the whole world is looking for, whom the world thinks is dead, but very much alive. I'm talking about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. This is a strange subject, the crucifixion of Michael Jackson. Why would we as intelligent, believing people put Michael Jackson in the same kind of trauma, dilemma, torture, scourging as the man Jesus. They mocked Jesus when they crucified him. They had at the top of the cross Jesus, King of the Jews. 
Michael Jackson, also a king, being crucified, the so-called king of pop. I see Michael much deeper than those who have talked about him. I want to talk to you today about the method that the enemy of God and the enemy of the rise of humanity is using, has used, and plans to use again to destroy leadership that will cause, first of all, black people to rise, second of all, humanity to rise. You may say, rise from what? If the scripture says that Satan deceived the whole world, are we in the world? Could it be that we too have been deceived? Well, what would the greatest deception be? It would be to deceive humanity about the one that is coming to end Satan's world. I'm going to say it again. The greatest deception would be to deceive humanity about that one that is prophesied to come to end Satan's world and bring in a kingdom wherein all human beings can find peace and security and justice. Such is the Messiah. The Jews do not believe that Jesus of 2,000 years ago was in fact the Messiah. Their theologians are more correct than the Christian theologians. The Christian theologians believe that Jesus of 2,000 years ago was in fact the Messiah. So the greatest deception of humanity today would be to put our minds back 2,000 years ago to blind us to the time in which we are living when the Messiah would absolutely be present in the world.
The scripture teaches God's coming is after the working of Satan. Not before, but on time. When Satan's time is up, God would enter into the world to challenge Satan, upset his rule, and his presence would create war and revolution. Because it will take war and revolution to undermine Satan's power mm. and cause Satan to cast out Satan so that the scriptures might be fulfilled that if Satan cast out Satan, how then can his kingdom stand? If God's coming is after the workings of Satan, how much time did God give Satan? Because we have to know the time in order to know if we are on time to expect that one. The Bible teaches from its beginning or the Genesis which is timed 4004 B.C. That is the coming into the world of Adam and the Adamic people or race. And Adam and his world, based on rebellion to God, would have a time to rule, and that time was 6,000 years. So in the book of Revelations, it teaches us, count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, six hundred, three score, and six. A lot of wisdom in those three sixes, which is not our subject today. But know that we have been given the answer to that from God through the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Suffice it to say, Jesus of 2,000 years ago was 2,000 years ahead of the end of Satan's time. Therefore, Jesus of 2,000 years ago could not affect the change that was in his heart to bring about. So Jesus prophesied that one was coming after him. Listen to Jesus' words. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter 
cannot come unto you. But if I go away, I will send him unto you in my name. Now Jesus is talking not about himself. He's talking about somebody else coming in his name. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that 75% of what you read in the New Testament about Jesus is referring to a future man. And if you study the scriptures carefully, you would have to admit that many mistakes were made if it's talking about the man 2,000 years ago. For instance, Jesus said, before one generation passes, you shall see this kingdom coming. Well, a hundred generations have passed. It is not that Jesus made a mistake. It is that the word that was put in the mouth of a man 2,000 years ago is correctly in the mouth of a man today. Who are you looking for? You are looking for a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Caucasian to come down from heaven? Wrong. Big wrong. Mistake. Lie. Deceit. When there's a wanted poster, they try to give you an accurate description of the wanted one so that should you see him, you can notify the appropriate authorities. How could God be less than the sheriff or God be less than law enforcement? to know that a man is coming that will end the world of Satan that all human beings should gravitate toward and not give us an accurate description of what that man would look like, where that man would come from, and among what people should that man come from. say, well, what does this have to do with Michael Jackson? Just be patient. See, Jesus started his mission very narrow. You could almost say that Jesus was a nationalist. I'm sure 
our nationalistic brothers would be pleased to know that they did refer to Jesus at one time as a nationalist, like Moses. But Jesus was far beyond that when he said to his disciples, go ye not in the way of the Gentiles or even in the way of the Samaritans, but go ye to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's very narrow focus. Stay away from the Gentiles. Stay away from the Samaritans. Your first assignment is to the lost sheep. Near the end of his time, he said to his disciples, go ye into all the world and preach this gospel to every nation, kindred, and tongue. Now, we need to find this one. The Bible kept telling us from Genesis through that he would come under the title Son of man. This is the Bible talk. And to Muslims, I have to deal with the Bible first because the people don't know anything about the Quran. And it wouldn't be wise for me to start with the unknown. It would be wise for me to start with the known and then shepherd the people into the unknown. Don't you think that's wise? So in the Bible, when God destroyed the wicked in the days of Noah, he says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man when he was destroying the wicked people of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm sure you've read about that. They were guilty of something that had never been done before. The Quran says men coming to men with lust in their hearts as they should the female. God was not pleased with that behavior. He called it an abomination. Now, look, look, don't call me homophobic. Please. Don't label me. I'm just quoting the book that every politician takes his oath of office on the book. So if there's something in the book that is not right, why would you take 
an oath on a book that is incorrect. So if it is in the book, then at some point, we're going to have to deal with the book and whether God has changed his mind over the years. Well, they say everything must change, but in the scripture God says, I am God and I change not. Why doesn't God change? Because he's all-knowing. So when he sets something down as a law, well, he sends one scripture to abrogate another. That's a change. But the basic principles of God's teachings has never changed from the beginning to now just as the planet still revolves and rotates at the speed of 1037 and a third miles per hour and it has not changed maybe a hair there or hair there but the planet and its rotation is constant. So is the God who created it. Now, Satan colored Jesus to make Jesus look like other than the way he would appear. Sorry. You say, well, color doesn't make a difference. No, not to an intelligent person, but it must have made a difference to the wicked. Why they would make him white. Now, there's nothing wrong with his being white. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a racist. I can accept whatever color God sends his man into the world in. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was white complected. I have no problem with that. The truth of the book that he brought is sufficient for me to honor the one who brought the message. But Muhammad too was 1400 years before the end of this system of things and he prophesied somebody coming. And in the Islamic tradition, they say the Mahdi would come, the guide, and with him will be Jesus the Messiah. Both of these men show up at the right time at the end of this system of things. 
He's called in Quran Maliki Yaumiddin, Master of the day of requital, Master of the day of religion, because he comes to break up these artificial barriers between religion and make religion one. And that's why the Bible says in that day, there'll be one faith, one Lord, one baptism. Hadn't happened yet, but it's on the way. Wait now, I'm, I'm going someplace. I just want you to come on with me. The Bible says, that that one who comes, he will have hair like lamb's wool. Look like the hair of some of these that I'm looking at. He would have skin like burnished brass. He speaks of himself. He said, I am, listen to him carefully, I am the root of Jesse, the seed of David, the bright and the morning star. <laughs> Jesse was the father of David. David was the father of Solomon. Solomon said, I am black, but comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem. And if he was black, David couldn't have been. And Jesse, the father of David, he was the root of the man you're looking for. David was a prototype of the Messiah. I want to get to it today. David was a shepherd boy. I often wondered when God told the prophet Samuel to go to Jesse's house because he was going to anoint one out of Jesse's family to be the next king of Israel. And when Samuel got to Jesse's house, he said, bring me your children. And he marched them in front of Samuel one by one. All of them looked beautiful, but the Spirit of God did not descend on the prophet. He said, don't you have another son somewhere? Well, that was always very interesting to me because if a man asks you to bring your children and you bring all that you have and then 
you got one left out in the field tending the sheep. Well, maybe he wasn't a physical son. But anyway, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I, I got this ruddy complexion son. He's out in the field tending the sheep. He said, well, bring him in. And boy, David came in, and the Spirit of God descended on Samuel, and he anointed that young man to be the future king. He was a musician. He played a stringed instrument. He was on the harp. And as he played his harp, he used to calm the envy of Saul. But as David fought Goliath, seemed like he didn't have no fear of the power of that heathen. When the rest of the children of Israel cowed down, little David stood up take care of this business and he went out picked up five smooth stones from a brook but one was sufficient he decapitated Goliath his fame spread making Saul even more envious. Saul even tried to kill him, but David was so respectful, he snuck up on Saul, took his spear, put it in his garment just to let him know, I could have killed you. He was a warrior. He was a musician. He was a king. He was a prophet. But the difference between him and all the prophets before him, even though he made mistakes and he committed sin according to the Bible, the Quran does not say that. I'll speak on that in a second. Yet, the Psalms represent the heart of David. When he messed up, he would fall down, talk to God, and God would forgive him. It's really beautiful. The thing that set him apart was his heart. It was a heart after the heart of God. This messianic figure is from the root of Jesse. He's the seed of David, meaning 
his biology is connected to David. And he calls himself the bright and the morning star. Well, when does the morning star appear? See, it appears at the darkest hour of the night. That those who are in darkness might see it and gain some hope that the presence of this bright and morning star is a signal that a new day is coming. So when James Weldon Johnson penned the so-called Negro National Anthem, the most beautiful words of any anthem that I have ever heard. Not oh say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air. See, this is an anthem of warrior people. But James Weldon Johnson, facing the rising sun, well, what direction would you be facing? You'd be facing east, wouldn't you not? Facing the rising sun of a new day begun. Let us, what did he say? March on till victory is won. Well, what is victory? Victory is total liberation. Then Matthew writes, as lightning shineth from the east, even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. See? Not up, but eastward, this direction. This house, mosque, we call it, was a church made by the Greeks, but they made this house to face the east. They made this house to face Jerusalem. I never changed direction, because whether it's Jerusalem or Mecca, it is the holy city of Christians, Muslims, and Jews. So I keep a cross there under the crescent in gold because I respect the cross. I'm about to get to crucifixion. That cross we'll deal with. But this house is not a house that disrespects the religious paths. 
that others take to get to God. This house, with the wisdom that comes from this house, from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, has the science to bring together all of the religions into one. And that one is the one that was with Adam in the beginning. Obey me. That's the true religion of God. Obey God. Don't set up any rival or partner. Obey God. Well, that one that was to come out of the East has come. And he came to the West, the most powerful nation of the West, North America. And he raised one from among us, as Jesus was called the first begotten of the dead. It's not that God would go to the cemetery and get some bones. You are the cemetery. Nothing on the planet deader than the black man and woman of America, more divided, more disconnected. But God would come here to raise one from your ranks. Can any good come out of Nazareth? Can any good come out of the black man in America? Hell yes, the Messiah is coming about of the black man of America. Now this might hurt your feelings because you don't think anything of yourself. Why would God pay attention to you? And from the womb of a black woman produce the one that the whole world is looking for. I'd like to go, before I get to Brother Michael, I want to go to the counterintelligence program of the United States government. Now, you have to understand, I want you to hear the words of J. Edgar Hoover. Yes, sir. <clears throat> you see, when I, 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 you know, I thought, man, you, you was going to talk about the crucifixion. I told you. I told you to be patient. I want to show you, Michael, 
from another angle. He was more than an entertainer. He was more than a song and dance man. There was something divine about this brother. Oh, wait a minute. He committed sin. Well, since we're on that subject, do you know anybody that has not? Let's talk to the holy ones in the audience. Are there any of you, starting with myself, that has not done something in our life that we would be ashamed of if it became public? Talk to me. You pastors, you preachers, you cardinals, you popes, you imams, you mullahs, you sheikhs, show me one that has not committed sin. Why, why would anybody need the mercy and forgiveness of God if the flesh were not made to trouble the spirit and sometimes the flesh wins out in that struggle and even though we know right from wrong, isn't it true that we sometimes stumble? Well, all right. So I'm, I'm going, coming back to Jesus. I love him so much. See, these Jewish rabbis, they had found, you know, this woman in adultery. I don't know how they could find her in adultery and only bring the woman to Jesus. You know, something is wrong with that picture. But anyway. These chauvinists. <laughs> they brought the woman to Jesus. And they were about to stone her because that's the law. Stone the woman to death. And just as they were about to get on with it, Jesus knelt down in the sand and wrote, Which one of you that is without sin cast the first stone? All these highfalutin religious people put their stones down. Now Jesus, who was without sin, he could have stoned her. But he said, woman, 
where are your accusers? And listen to his words. Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. I'd like to speak to the press for a moment. <clears throat> you know, this is a season where the press loves to find something of error in a human being and blow it up and talk about it and scandalize the person like the people behind the lens of the camera have no sin. You know, if, wait a minute, if you were clean, I could see you doing what you do. It seems like the media delights in finding something wrong with somebody. Now I'm getting to crucifixion. See, crucifixion in the modern Rome, America, is the modern Roman Empire. You keep looking back to ancient Rome. Ancient Rome is gone. Modern Rome is going. Now, in the meantime, in modern Rome, they have always feared that somebody would rise from among us and unify black people and should they go to war with a foreign government that we might join on to that foreign government and come against them. So just as it was in the time of Jesus the prophet and Herod the king, they wanted to kill all boy babies. So there's a plot against the black male. And it's real, brothers and sisters. And any one of us that shows his head as a potential leader, the eyes of our enemies are on that one. Listen to me carefully. Because if you show that you could be a messianic voice, then they will move to silence you. Now listen to J. Edgar Hoover's words. J. Edgar Hoover's counterintelligence program was to prevent the coalition of black nationalist groups. 
they invested money into keeping nationalist groups separated from each other and even plotted to get us to kill one another. Number two, the aim was to prevent the rise of a messiah who could unify and electrify the militant black nationalist movement and to prevent violence on the part of black nationalist groups. Not violence among each other, but violence against them. Listen, their aim was to prevent militant black nationalist groups and leaders from gaining respectability by discrediting them to three seg separate segments of the community. Five, to prevent the long-range growth of these organizations, especially among young people. Now here's the tactics that they used. There was no black organization that was not infiltrated by agents and informers of the U.S. government to discredit and disrupt. They used dirty tricks, including the planting of false media stories, bogus leaflets, fake publications. They forged correspondence, sent anonymous letters, and made anonymous phone calls. They manipulated or strong-armed parents, employers, landlords, school officials, and others to cause trouble for the activists, and they used law. They conducted break-ins, vandalism, assaults, and beatings. The object was to frighten dissidents and disrupt their movement. Now, let's look at this thing called crucifixion and see how it's carried out. You know, crucifixion was used by the Persians, the Greeks, the Carthaginians, the Macedonians, and the Romans. It was reserved for slaves, rebels, pirates, and especially despised enemies and criminals. Crucifixion was considered a most shameful and disgraceful way to die. They would take the person, strip him of his clothes, make him carry his cross to the place of crucifixion. But it's all public. Everything is done in the public to bring about your shame, your disgrace. Follow me now. Strip you of your clothing. Then they nail your hands and your feet. None of your vital organs are touched so that you can hang there for hours and for days. Defecate on yourself. Urinate on yourself. 
and some they would spear in the side. But Jesus, they had something special for him, according to the book, since he was supposed to be the king of the Jews. They made a crown of thorns for him, put it on his head. I'm coming to you in a minute. They nailed his hands, they nailed his feet, they pierced him in his side, and they let him hang there. People spat on him. Boy, this is some deep stuff. They leave you in the public, and passers-by would throw things at the crucified one. Because once you're crucified, it's like you deserve that punishment. So the people are not asking for you to come down. They are happy to see you on that cross. Now, look at the role that the media has played in the deliberate crucifixion of black leaders. I'm going to name a few. And then I want you to see how crucifixion is done. Then I'm coming to Michael and why he was crucified. Denmark VC. There was a plot that called for his group of slaves and free blacks to slay their owners and temporarily seize the city of Charleston, South Carolina. They planned to sail to Haiti to escape retaliation because they were impressed with the revolution that took place in Haiti with Toussaint, L'Overture, and Dessalines. Eh? Two slaves opposed to Vizi's scheme leaked the plot. See, there's always a Negro somewhere to tell Massa what the slaves were planning for their freedom. Charleston authorities charged 131 men with conspiracy. 67 men were convicted and 35 hanged, including Denmark Vesey. But the worst of those was Nat Turner. Now, Nat Turner was our first great military leader. He was a preacher, but he understood aspects of the Bible that preachers today don't seem to want to preach anymore, but his 1831 insurgency in Virginia numbered more than 70 enslaved and free blacks. Approximately 60 white men, women, and children were killed before Turner was defeated. In retaliation, the white militia killed at least 200 blacks and probably many more. 
hysteria arose about armies of slaves rising up and it led to the slaughter of many blacks all over the South under circumstances of great barbarity. Well, they severed the heads of those that they captured and their heads were mounted on poles at crossroads as a grisly form of intimidation. 48 blacks were tried on charges of conspiracy, insurrection, and treason. 55 were executed, many more were banished, and a few were acquitted. Nat Turner eluded capture for months before he was arrested. He was tried, convicted, and sentenced to death. He was hanged on November the 11th, 1831, in Jerusalem, Virginia. Now let's become more modern. How many of you have heard of W.E.B. Du Bois? He was a great scholar among us. Du Bois started as a staunch integrationist, like many of us. But later, he echoed a very Gaviite philosophy. W.E.B. Du Bois that talked about the talented 10th and opposed Booker T. Washington was also an opponent of Marcus Garvey. He talked about large numbers of American Negroes who in all essential particulars conceived themselves as belonging to the white race. Ooh. Did, this, did this bother any of you? Did it touch any of you? He said such Negroes were ever ready, quote, to flock to white America before they would flock to the brown West Indies or to black Africa or yellow Asia. Blacks, he now thought, should begin to concentrate upon this problem, their economic survival. You know, Du Bois was one of the founders of the NAACP, but the NAACP in its original founding, it was to fight for civil rights, but not economic power among black people. You know that, right? So E.B. Du Bois, once they found that he was growing into this kind of mind and began to write in the crisis magazine some of his thinking, which I, as a baby, was reading the crisis magazine by an more enlightened W.E.B. Du Bois, and he began to fuel my fire. Mm. Then the whites in the NAACP questioned his emotional stability and his capacity for cooperation. They were suspicious of his motives 
and called him a danger. They took away his passport. And they literally made black people begin to look at W.E.B. Du Bois with a negative view. W.E.B. Du Bois today is admired by any of us with an ounce of intelligence. When you read this man's growth and development, Garvey died in London. E.B. Du Bois died in Africa and his body is interred in Ghana. He died developing the history of Africa and African civilization so that our children would read of themselves not as slaves on some master's plantation, but see the greatness of yourself. And because he dared to teach us the greatness of ourselves, he suffered crucifixion. But the worst of it all, until modern times, was done to Paul Robeson. How many of you heard of Paul Robeson? Paul Robeson was a scholar. He was an athlete. He was an actor. He was a singer, and he was loved outside of America, in Europe, and particularly in Russia. Listen. In 1919, J. Edgar Hoover worked on trying to frame Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey headed the largest independent black organization in the world. And as Garvey grew, they became frightened because Garvey wanted to connect black people in America to black people in Africa. And that to them was dangerous, so what did they do? They framed him. They arrested him sentenced him to five years in prison. His sentence was commuted and he was deported in 1927, but Hoover went on to FBI glory because he got rid of Marcus Garvey and the United Negro Improvement Association. Paul Robeson, at the height of his fame, he was an entertainer and activist. He began speaking out against fascism and racism in the United States and abroad. Robeson became a prime target of the United States government during the late 1940s through the late 1950s. His passport was revoked from 1950 to 1958 and he was under surveillance 
by the FBI and the CIA and by the British MI5 for well over three decades until his death in 1976. They hated him for his beliefs in socialism and friendship with the Soviet peoples and for his efforts to push for anti-lynching legislation. To this day, Paul Robeson's FBI file is one of the largest of any entertainer ever investigated by U.S. intelligence. According to files released under the Freedom of Information Act, Robeson was drugged and neutralized under the CIA's Nazi-inspired MK Ultra mind control program and subjected to abusive levels of electric shocks while in Great Britain as a means to keep him from influencing the U.S. civil rights movement and worldwide anti-imperialist movement during the 1960s. Now look, they focused on black entertainers because black entertainers had money. At that time, blacks were not in the major leagues, just coming into baseball, just coming into football. So black sports people didn't have the money that black entertainers had. Sammy Davis, Mahalia Jackson, Dick Gregory, Eartha Kitt, Nina Simone, of course, Burt Lancaster, Frank Sinatra, Harry Belafonte, Tony Bennett, Bill Cosby, Diane Carroll, Count Basie, Sidney Poitier, and many others. These were black people and white people who wanted to see black people free. These black people donated their money to movements. And these were some of the strong supporters of Martin Luther King, and we'll get to his crucifixion in just a minute. Now the prophecy says that any one of us who could connect us to the outside world was deemed a major threat. Garvey, Du Bois, Malcolm, Martin, Elijah Muhammad. Now, do you think that Marcus Garvey was a small-time leader who didn't think about preparing future leaders? Do you think Martin King was like that? These were intelligent black men who knew their mortality, and they knew that if movement was going to continue, they would have to prepare a new cadre of leadership. So here's how crucifixion goes. They nail your hands. They nail your feet. They strip you of your followers. 
by propaganda, they break your legs so that after you are dead, there's no support for your ideas. It's not the man as much as it is the ideas of that man, so they must not only kill the man, they have to kill his idea so that a generation won't come up after him fueled by his ideas. Are you with me? There's Malcolm. There's Martin. There's Kwame Touré. Stokely Carmichael, his former name, is the Panther Party. Now they even started spying on the NAACP because they couldn't trust that among the NAACP leadership, somebody wouldn't come up with ideas that whites who pay money to it uh, would not be uh, objected, uh, have an objection to. So they watched all black organizations. Now who is the they? Who is the they? Now, some of you like to refer to me as anti-Semitic. I hate that you would say that in the face of many of those who call me anti-Semitic, they're very definitely anti-black. Now, there are certain members of the Zionist faction of Jews that have always wanted to control the means by which your crucifixion could take place. You notice how Everyone that got crucified got first crucified in the media. The media is used to demagnetize the person who has attracted large crowds. So to demagnetize you means to make you now unattractive to the people that once were attracted to you. I'm sorry, I have to tell it. Attractive to the person who has demagnetized The media is used to demagnetize 
the person who has attracted large crowds. So to demagnetize you means to make you now unattractive to the people that once were attracted to you. I'm sorry, I have to tell it. There were members of the Jewish community that helped to start the NAACP, but they were watchmen over how that organization developed to keep it in a certain line. This is anti-black. As long as Martin Luther King and was talking about black and white together and forgiveness and all of that, he was the darling of the civil rights movement. Malcolm, on the other hand, was like the real radical and Martin Luther King loved Malcolm hated, Malcolm was supposed to be the biggest anti-Semite of his day. You didn't hear me. Well, let me say it again. Now, as Martin started changing, see, that's what you have to understand about all of you who lead as long as you don't change in your relationship to the powers, you can continue. But the moment they see change in you, then they have to destroy you so that you will never be a strong leader for your people. When Martin Luther King began speaking against the war, that's when all hell broke loose. The black preachers turned on Martin King. Say you're making it hard for us, Martin, because your social gospel is interfering with us and our relationship with our former slave masters and their children. So they turned on Martin. The FBI called Martin Luther King a notorious liar. They started monitoring his hotel rooms, his offices, and they sent tapes to his wife of some affairs that he had, as though an affair will make a man less than a warrior for God and the liberation of the people.
when they saw in February of 1968 Martin Luther King Jr. sitting with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. They saw the two men from Georgia meeting the greatest orator of our time and the most brilliant prophetic voice of our time. One of these had to die. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. All praise is due to Allah. That's part one of the day, family. We will finish part two up tomorrow. If you have something that, that stood out for you, that you would like to share, go ahead and press the number one. Wow. What a message, family. <clears throat> it's like whenever you hear the minister speak, man, you always hear something new. Even if you heard the message before, something else stands out. I don't know why that part about Paul Rose. I done heard him talk about Paul Robeson so many times, man. He even did a um, presentation. Uh, at Paul Rosen, is it? Do he got a college? And it was like a red curtain background. I may be mistaken for another, but I believe he did. But today is when uh, that stood out about the MK Ultra. As many times I don't heard him mention that name. This the, now I, I, I vividly heard him talk about the MK Ultra part. So, man, rewatching them lectures, man, is always powerful. It's always something you miss or, or didn't catch. All right, let's go to Sister. Trippetta. Hi, family. Hi, family. Oh, I'm so happy that I tuned in. Always a message. Always a message. So I think I want to start off with the dry bones. I I firmly believe that and know that that is what we are. We are the valley of the dry bones. We do not look into a cemetery for people to rise up out the cemetery, but we are the dry bones. And the more we spread the message of what is to be of us, um, through your, through the, through the power call, through, uh, just all, all, all lectures and, People like-minded to do what's right. Pulling us together, we're connecting the dry bones. And as we share our faith or share, um, yeah, I guess share our faith amongst the people, the wind is is blowing against dry bones as they pass us while we're uh, sharing um, with people out in public or what have you, as people walk by, it's falling on their ears. Sometimes you see them turn around and look like, ooh, what did she just say? Or what did he just say? Because they feel convicted. And that's the seed that's planted. So my next thing was how there is one religion, and that is to obey God. I always saw, I always, well, recently for a while, a while now, I felt like um, the one religion is just one love. I really looked at Bob Marley as he shared, you know, so many songs that speak so much truth. Um, but to hear uh, Minister Farrakhan share just to obey God, it's always just about the truth. Once we share the truth, it truly sets us free, free from any bondage in our head, in our life or whatever. So um, those two things, and I'll leave it at that. Stay blessed, family. Yes, ma'am. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. 
All right, let's go to Brother Wesley. Hi, Salaamu Alaikum family. Um, the two things that stood out the most for me, um, one was our, with, with Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan brought out that our lack of value in self causes us not to believe that the, the Messiah will come from out of us, the black man and woman of America, which is so, so vital and so important to understand that we've in such a fallen state that we can't conceive that one, that Jesus is black, understanding that the minister brought out how this isn't about racism. This isn't about trying to finger point about who is what. If if the the race or the color of Jesus was not important, why would the enemy change it? And that, that really stands out the most because we're still, even in 2023, with so much information out here, so much being revealed, even um, those in the world reveal the truth behind the, the original, uh, excuse me, the origin of, of Jesus and understanding the trueness of Jesus, we still are in a position where we don't want to believe that the Messiah could be one of us, will come from among us as well. And then the second point that just stood up, how just reading the Bible and how we don't want to be surface dwellers of what the scriptures say. We believe in the truth that's in the Bible. We believe that it's, it's tainted as well, but understanding the symbolism of the crucifixion of Jesus and about the stripping of his clothes, about the ridicule in public, about the nailing of his hands and his feet and the breaking of his legs and how that's connected to how this enemy and how the media treats um, celebrities, our leaders, um, and our people in general about the ridicule and the way that we're handled in the public in order to shape a certain belief system, which shifts then can shift our attitude towards our people we begin to make it, it becomes fair seeming to then us, for us to throw stones at those that we know none of the facts about. Just as you brought out at the beginning of this, we're in, a, in an environment right now where celebrities are easily put out in front of us, all type of allegations, and that's exactly what it is. It's just alleged. We don't know. We don't know or pay attention to the hidden hand behind the reason why this is brought up at this time, which most, most of the time is brought up because it's a distraction, but we don't want to do the research. We're just quick to be emotional, which is why it's so important to rise above emotions, get the facts of a subject, and, and also to pay attention to what's most important, which is getting a better understanding of these teachings, staying in these teachings so that we don't find ourselves convicted of things that we don't know the truth of, choosing sides and ultimately choosing the, the side of the enemy and not um, of Allah. So I'll leave it at that. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Yes, sir. Uh, who's up next? Is it uh, Sister Randisha? Yes, sir. So um, just like a few key points, you know, I know it's too. Um, this was like one of many messages that is real as, um, you know, like you said, as Diddy and as everybody else is in the uh, media, but, you know, they mock Jesus. And when a minister says that the Jews do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah 2000 years ago, and as I was just doing the math, you know, that we are in the 2000s, we're in 2023. And if we don't realize that we're walking with the Jesus and the God in our midst right now, then who do we think that we're walking with? And then, um, you know, I was just thinking about like Sodom and Gomorrah um, and everything that, you know, that the media portrays and how this is that LGBTQ and all of the other alphabets, et cetera. You know, we all have one that is in our family that is of that, but um, God was not pleased, um, you know, and they called it abomination. And I just also thought about when he was talking about David, um, as Sister Yassinia had put in um, the chat that, 
you know, the honorable Elijah Muhammad told the minister that he reminded him of David. He was a warrior. He was a musician. He was a king, you know. Um, and then my last point was that um, the minister said that the COINTELPRO J. Hoover was to prevent the coalition of the Black nationalist groups to prevent the rise of a Black messiah. If they don't believe that the minister is who they say he is, then why would they try to prevent anything? And then he also said that first we would be humiliated in the media so that everybody else would think that, you know, that we're no longer worthy. And then he also stated that as Black children, you know what I mean? Like when we have children, like we don't think nothing good of ourselves because this is what they teach us. But if we follow a man like Farrakhan, if we follow a soldier like Farrakhan, you know, when it says our life and our death is all for a lot, if we believe in that, if we believe that the minister is appointed for Master Farah Muhammad and he also has the backing of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. If we follow those, we're able to get to the other side. So assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum salam. Uh, let's go to Sister Yasina. So my two takeaways were are when the minister said the Bible is unknown to our people and he said the, that the Holy Quran is known to our people is unknown. The Bible is known, but the Holy Quran is unknown. So we teach we teach from the known and then guide them to the unknown. I'm paraphrasing. And it but it reminded me of in our Supreme Wisdom Lessons and the instructions given to the laborers by our Savior, W.D. Fadr Muhammad, Master Fadr Muhammad. And it says that we must learn to speak the people's language in past, future, present, and perfect tense. Otherwise, will not be considered. Uh, well, others won't be considered. If we don't, if we're not in the Bible and we're not reading and studying and listening to, listening to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, when he's referencing the Bible and bringing it into present time where we can understand it, like he says, 75% is talking about a future Jesus. But if we don't know that, if we're not studying the Bible and we're not looking at the references, I think it, you put, it was you who put the references in the power chat. But if we're not taking advantage of all of these jewels that we have, then we can't speak the people's language and we'll be left behind because we don't understand the Bible ourselves. You know, we say it's a good book that our grandmamas read, but we don't read it. Um, and then the other part was when he referenced Jesus of 2000 years ago in the true history of Jesus by the honorable Elijah Muhammad, he gives us the accounts of the true history of that Jesus 2000 years ago. And in it, he talks about how Jesus realized that he was born 2000 years old, 2000 years too soon. And he died in the form of a cross behind a Jewish store. So I, I would have tell anybody on here, if you don't have that book, get the book because it will help us to understand and bring us into present time and also get the secret relationship between blacks and Jews volumes one and two, because that is our history. Assalamualaikum. Well, salam. Brother Daniel. Yes, sir. 
Oh, praise is due to Allah. I really admire what was said prior to me because a lot of thoughts that was in my head was said by the fellow students. Um, I'll just go where my sister went with speaking the language, past, present, and future, perfect tense. The minister said, the crucifixion of Michael Jackson and all responsible black leadership. The minister is the Messiah. Make no mistake about that. But he's about to be exalted to the right hand of the Father. Those who truly believe and were called out the world by the Jesus will be ushered into that representation of the messianic figure. So when I hear this message, I hear him preparing us for crucifixion. I hear him preparing us for our reputation to be sullied. I hear him preparing us to be evilly spoken of and slandered like our brother Abdul, who was on a couple of days ago, talking about his slander. And the minister said, you will be vindicated just like me, but you're gonna have to fight first. So I'm also thinking about the, these power calls and the work of our dear brother. He's responsible black leadership. He's pushing the message of the Messiah. Don't think that everybody wants the message of the Messiah out in the world. He said all organizations are being watched. Don't think that this organization where we are talking on the message is not being watched. Everything must be put in present tense. Everything has to be connected to the Messiah. So I see a connection with what we're doing. And I also know that as that connection is happening, there is a lot of crucifixion and things that's coming behind what's taking place. So those are some of the things that stood out to me. And um, that's that's about it, family. Walek Salam. Thank you, sir. Uh, who we got next? Sister Melva. Sister Melva. I'm here. I'm here. I'm like, um, Walek Salam. Um, a lot of the minister's messages are timeless. So no matter when you listen to them, there's always something in them that uh, it's like you're hearing it for the first time or it's, uh, it's just on time for the times that we're in. Uh, that was one of the things I wanted to mention. And uh, in the audio, he talked about crucifixion the nailing of the hands and the feet, stripping the person of their followers and their ideas by propaganda. And they break their legs. So when they say they nail the hands, it's like you can't do the work of your hands. Nailing the feet immobilizes you. You can't move. Um, yeah, uh, nailing the feet, breaking the legs so that you cannot move 
move about and do what it is that you're called to do. Um, and if I'm saying this is what my take is away from that, I don't, I didn't copy down everything word for word, but if I'm saying anything that um, it, you all are not in agreement with, please, I, you know, please share that. But that's my take on the nailing of the hand so that you can't do the work that you're called to do. Uh, nailing of the hands, nailing of the feet, totally immobilizing you, breaking of the legs, uh, making you cripple so that you can't walk and do what it is that you need to do. Um, goes on to say, crucified in the media. The media is used to demagnetize the person who has attracted large crowds. The media is used to make that person unattractive to the people that that person was once very attracted to. So that was the other point that I wanted to bring up. Um, and I know pretty much that this is uh, on the minister. So thank you so much for your time. I wish you all have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for letting me have this opportunity to speak. Have a beautiful afternoon. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Sister Randisha. Yes, sir. So my other um two points was, um, do you know anyone that has not sinned? Are there anyone of you that has not done something in your life that um you will be ashamed of if it came into public? Sometimes we are so self-righteous. And some, some, sometimes we point the finger and we blame this and we blame that. And we see a sister that's striving, but we try to knock her down and we try to tear down every chance we get. Or, you know, sometimes somebody will tell us the truth and it's, and it's like, you know, you was waiting for that truth just to be like, oh, yeah, this, well, this is sister, sister. So I just thought that that was one of the things because the minister also said we didn't rise up out of heaven. We rose up out of hell. So all of that self-righteousness, you know, we could it says we're striving to be upright. We're striving to be righteous. It didn't say we got yeah, it says that we're striving to do those things. And then another thing that stood out to me was that, you know, he said that um, he will be pierced in his side. And the minister and um, Brother Mustafa said that, you know, have we not thought about the minister because he has been pierced in his side? It's not talking about the Jesus of 2000 years ago, but it's definitely talking about the man right now. And it's always a Negro somewhere telling master what the slaves is planning to do for their freedom. And don't think that some of them are not amongst us. So as I'm late, those are my points. Yes, ma'am. I'm gonna go after all y'all because I, I got I got a lot I want to share today. So I'm gonna let y'all get it get it out. Y'all in here fire it. Let's go. Let's go to Sister Yolanda. As I'm late, Uh one point that stood out to me was God, God's time comes after the working of safety and i remember when i was in the church and because of my misunderstanding of a thing and lack of studying i was with child at the time uh what right when i think the you the year 2000 was coming in and my pastor was 
speaking a language that was like going over my head and all I could understand was, and I started feeling bad. I'm like, dang, I'm about to bring a child into the world that's getting ready to end. Like we all get ready to be dead. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But then as time evolved, I became to understand. And now in the nation, I fully understand it's not the end of the world that's coming that we're speaking of or that's been spoken of. It's the end of Satan's rule. And with that coming into place, what are we doing with God's time? Because it's not our time. God allows us to wake up every day to attend this power call. What process are we doing to clean up or what am I doing to clean up my economy within myself? within myself so that I don't uh, look at my sisters and brothers and crucify them. I'm so busy looking at them that I'm not paying attention to myself. So if I am going to speak on my sister and brother, it should be encouraging and uplifting to them and not giving them uh, or throwing rocks as, or stones as Sister uh, Randisha mentioned about, I forgot what, she, what it was, but nevertheless, sin, the part with the sin. Hey, we, we sin every day. It was one lecture the minister mentioned sin. We sin every day, little do we know it. And it's not a great big sin or it's not something maybe that we intentionally think about, but we sin. And don't quote me, I think he said sin is natural. I don't know. I can't remember. I have to go back and study the lecture. But nevertheless, what am I doing in God, with God's time to improve my economy? And another thing that stood out for me is I need to be remindful of not to give my sisters and brothers in the nation, out the nation, a crucifixion. I have no cross to put them on because I got to bear my own. So I thank you for listening. Thank you for this power call. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Somebody said, uh, <clears throat> how do I get in the chat? I'm not sure which chat you're speaking of. However, if you're speaking on how to join the power call so that you're able to share, you go to www.thepowercall.net. www.thepowercall.net. All right. Up next, we have uh, Brother Timothy. Assalamu alaikum, family. Alaikum. Um, man, everything do align. Like you and Brother Will, Brother Will said that this is scary. He just talked about some of these things the other day with some people, and it's like we're talking about it again. And you commented that it's alignment. And I had wrote that in my notes, too, because just yesterday at Sunday service, we spoke on a few of these things. So my first point is the dry bones and how life is being given to the dead daily. I'm not a full registered member, but I did recruit somebody on Saturday and he did show out to Mile 27 on Sunday. So he got to hear a few things that we spoke on. But the minister, Louis Farrakhan, is a human torch for our people leading us out of the dark. Um Brother Wesley touched on a few of the points, too, as well, just how for most of us brothers and sisters, me personally, I've seen it myself that they can't accept the fact that the Messiah came in the form of man and 
God came in the form of man and with our skin color, it's like, nah, no way. You know, we can't see each other as God body. And just keeping it short, the minister Louis Farrakhan knows his open enemy and we know his open enemy. I don't know which lecture or which message it was. So if you guys are familiar with it, just put it in the chat or send send me a message on the power call of the app. But the minister Louis Farrakhan actually was gifted a a, a, a gift from some a group of Hasidic Jews. And there was a chalice and under it was a silver plate. And he said, I didn't know what I was gifted for this for. I don't even know what this is. But when he got home, he looked at the message that was written on the plate. And it said, they wrote that they recognize, I'm paraphrasing, that they recognize Minister Louis Farrakhan as the Messiah of today's time. And is going to give life to the dead, to those that are lost in today's time. So that is our modern day Jesus, if we accept it. That is our modern day Moses, if we accept it. That is our modern day prophets from back in the day, today, live in the flesh. Um, so again, if you guys remember that one, just go ahead and put it in the chat so I can go back and rewatch that. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. All right, I don't see no new people, so I'm going to go and then I'm going to let y'all go afterwards because y'all went already. All right, um, mine may be a little long, though, so just bear with me. <clears throat> so I was, I was, uh, the minister says Satan was given a time to rule. And I said, man, that's deep. And I thought about two different places. So I'm going to read from uh, the restricted law of Islam is our success. But I'm going to also read from one of the study guides that that's called the guy within. Okay, Satan was given a time to rule. Let us place a ruler in the earth. We know they had a 6,000-year-old rule, right? And we also know that the real Sabbath day is not necessarily, as we're taught, is not necessarily that Saturday, right, or that seventh day that we don't work. Um, said that it wasn't made, uh, well, that even Jesus at that time worked to put some work in on that Saturday. And it's not necessarily the seventh day, but a day is worth a, a, a thousand years in the uh, eyes of God, right? And so that 7,000 year is when Satan's rule would be over when they would take a rest from their wicked rule. All right, now listen to this as I'm thinking about Satan's rule. Because we also got something called why did God make devil? Right. Satan, Satan has a ton of rules. So let's read this in this book. He says, now, who is our teacher? If you're thinking master for Muhammad. You're wrong. Wow. Look at that. Now, let me hold on. Let me scoot this back so I can get this book on, on here. He said, if you think it's master for Muhammad, then you're wrong. You just came to master for Muhammad. I asked you who was. I didn't say who is trying to be your teacher. Don't even put Master Far Muhammad in it. Because how can he be your teacher and you're nothing but a damn rebellious devil yourself? Master Father is offering himself to us as a teacher to make us into himself. You were taught by a rebellious devil who robbed us and spoiled us. And made us into himself. 
So while you're busy calling the white man the devil, go home and look in the mirror. Oh, we getting somewhere now. He was given a time to rule. How could I be a devil? Right? This is us. This is us. How could I be a devil? I'm not grafted. Who said so? Look, in order for us to do better, we have to know better. Now we're going to uh, Lost Found Muslim 11, lesson number two, question number 33. What is devil? A grafted man which is made weak and wicked or any grafted live germ from the original is devil. I used to call us my black beautiful brothers and sisters until the most honorable Elijah Muhammad called me and stopped me. He said, there is nothing beautiful that's not in submission. So I don't care how good you look to yourself or we look to ourselves. When we look in the mirror with our false hair, our false teeth and our false breasts and our false backside and our false legs and all of this kind of crap that we put on to make ourselves look better to the outside world. How do we look in the eyes of God? If we are in rebellion, we are not beautiful. It is rebelliousness that makes us ugly, ugly in the sight of God, no matter how beautiful our physical appearance may be. Now, there's hope. I don't want you to feel bad about this, but I do want you to see the problem. And there is a problem with us. Not only is there a problem with those who are trying to lead within our nation, but there is a problem with those who are trying to follow. Who was your master for 310 years on the plantation? Was it God or was it the rebellious devil? But, but he beat us into submission to him. And out of fear for what he would do to us, we obeyed him and he made us into himself. Then he going to Muslim lesson number two, question 31. To make devil, we must, what, what must you first do? To make devil, one must begin grafting from the original. You begin by grafting from the original the same way Yaku did to them on the island of Pilon when they got here and robbed us of the knowledge of ourselves and separated us from our parents. Then they became our parents and then and the grafting began, taking us from our original self, grafting us degree by degree into them. Consider this scripture, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils. And the hold of every foul spirit in the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now when we read that scripture, we say, yup, it's the white man, a habitation of devils. That's right. But where do we live? Don't we live in the same Babylon? Uh-oh. Well, then if the prophet described the, the people that live in Babylon as rebellious devils or a habitation of devils, then the devil is one who refuses to submit to the will of God and acts contrary to his will. So when the Savior came and he came to a house of devils and then the reverse process began. Now, let's go into our supreme wisdom a minute. We know that Yakub was successful in all his undertakings because the people who were his followers obeyed Yakub's laws. Regardless to what he told them to do, they did it. If not, they paid with their lives for every law they broke. That's how he became, that's how he made devil. It was with strong law 
Well, the same thing that Yakub did to him, he did it to us. Wow, look at this. And can you reform devil? No, all the prophets have tried to reform him, devil, but were unable. So they have agreed that it cannot be done unless we grabbed him back to the original man, which takes 600 years. So instead of losing time grafting him back, they have decided to take him off the planet who numbers only one to every 11 original people. Now watch this part. He can be grafted back into original. But the prophet said it would take too long. So they have decided who is they? Uh-oh, man, the minister getting deep there. See, we never asked this question. Who is they? Prophets don't decide the fate of nations. If God didn't say it, how can a prophet speak of God what he does not know? I'm going to read that part again because I know on YouTube when I was coming in, oh, boy, they used to try to say, yeah, look at the minister with this person. Doesn't it say that you can't that you can't reform a devil? No, 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 no. Look at this. Look at I'm going to read this again. He can be grafted because we some of us. I see some of us say that you can't reform a devil. He can be grafted back into original. But the prophet said it would take too long. So they decided. Who is they? Prophets don't decide the fate of nations. If God didn't say it, how can a prophet speak of God? What does he what he does not know? Ooh. Wow, boy. Master Father Muhammad's father went into the co the Caucasus Mountains and took a Caucasian woman and cast seven devils out of her to purify her so that she could give birth to a world leader, a world reformer, a world savior. How could we say that devil can't be reformed when I told you that he made us into himself? The Savior used sweet language with us. You are other than yourself. Well, if, you are, if yourself is a righteous Muslim and you are other than that, then what are you? You're just a little devil, a hell raiser. So look, if he can put us into a process to bring out of us our demons and make us again into ourselves, I'm not saying that this is what he's going to do for the Caucasian because I don't know that. But I know this, he's going to offer them a way out. That is mercy. Boy, look at this. The messenger laid down the predicate for mercy by saying, the white man could easily say to you, I didn't make myself. You, black man and woman, you made me. So if he is a made devil, then the messenger asked the question, who is responsible, the clay or the potter? If that is what you made, then accept responsibility. Your student enrollment opened up with who is the original man? With that answer being the original man is Asiatic black man. We all know it. The maker, the owner, the cream of the planet earth, God of the universe. You say, that's me. That's us. We're the original man, but you're not in your original condition. So you now have to be grafted back into original from grafting that took place to make us into our enemy, a rebellious devil. The God wants to bring us back, 
But remember, problem number 32 of your problem book states, once the conference members by the uh, by the name of Mr. Osman Sharif said to the 11 members of the conference, the lost foundation of Islam would not return to the original land unless they first have a thorough knowledge of their own. So they sent a messenger to them of their own. Now. Hold on now. Let me look at this now. So, so okay, so I'm through with that. So, y'all got that, right? Now, I, I said, yeah, I remember that part. So, that was good. Yeah, so, y'all hold that. Now, we're going to go over to the study guide. And this is study guide number, just so you know, study guide number 10. Now, we're going back to Satan now. Satan had a time to rule. Now, I want to give us a different inter. So, let me first ask y'all. When, when, when y'all, when we hear, hey, uh, um, they placed the ruler in the earth and then the angels asked, well, what would you place besides that which will make mischief in the shedding of blood? Who is that talking about? Put it in the comment section. Who is that talking about when it said they're going to place the ruler in the earth? Who is that talking about? Who, who y'all think? What, what is that talking about? The white man. Okay. Come on. Who else? Come on. Who else? Come on. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Come on now. Type, type, type. Let's go. Let's go. Who is that talking about? Place the ruler in the earth. Make mischief in the shedding of blood. Woo! Look at that. Satan. All devils. Now watch this now. Y'all see? That's all. That's what all of us are getting at, right? But watch this. This is study guide number, number 10. Here, look. This is the minister explaining it. I'm going to place a ruler in the earth. Watch this. Not on the earth. But in the earth, where did you come from? Your flesh is from the vegetation of the earth. Your bone is from the earth, the stone of the earth. Your blood is from the water of the earth. This lump of flesh and blood and bone has to have a ruler in it. Something that commands it, something that dominates it. God is going to form this body and he knows that you are supreme above the sun, moon and stars, above all the creatures. You are the supreme existence, man and woman. He is going to place in you, in us, a ruler. In Hebrew, ruler means Elohim or God, divine essence, will, divine force. God shares himself with man and woman. The only reason you can say I is because the true I has shared a part of his I am with us. <laughs> what a man, he's breaking this down, ain't he? The way, look, that you may be he, Allah, God pl places in you a power himself. Now watch this, y'all. He says, look at the time and the source of the revelation of his intentions. The Holy Quran was revealed 1400 years ago, bringing this declaration pot in past occurring now and giving his wisdom and knowledge to man. God is breaking the circle of 24 scientists who have kept this divine power among itself. This decision, watch this now. This decision causes great distress because the angels, 24 scientists now, observing man's behavior, which is already degenerating, are certain that when he is given the power of God, he would do nothing but create mischief and shed blood. 
kill. Uh-oh, y'all thought that was just about the white man, did you? Uh-oh, we learned in the day. The minister teaching us today. No, this is talking about God is going to share himself with us. And then they, the angels or the scientists, is going to look at this and say, hold on. What you doing? When you do this certain thing, they would do nothing but cause mischief and, and, and the shedding of blood, create mischief in the shedding of blood. They already know what God of moon did 66 trillion years ago through misuse of divine power. So they are shocked that God would consider placing that same power in such an ill-equipped creature as man. The angels say, you are holy. Why would you do a thing like this? And God says, I know what you know not. Oh, that's a different perspective on this thing. Got that brother Timothy. God declares his will to the angels, the controlling forces of nature to create man who is meant to rule the forces of nature and to whom therefore power to rule is to be delegated. Being entrusted with such great powers, man could use them rightly or wrongly. And it is to this fear of abuse of power that angels give expression. The whole the whole history of man is briefly written in this one verse. Man is the greatest killer on earth, but he also turns the gifts of God to the best use. To God was known the brighter side as well as the darker side of this picture. Hence the words, I know what you know not. Holy Quran footnotes 48 through 50. While giving expression to their concern over the darker side of humanity, mischief making and the shedding of blood, the angels still declare that they realize this is not the divine purpose for placing his power in man because Allah God is holy. He is free from all imperfections. God is a man and we just cannot make him other than man lest we make him an inferior one for man's intelligence has no equal in other than man. His wisdom is, is infinite, capable of accomplishing anything that his brain can conceive. A spirit is subjected to us and not we to the spirit. That's all the message to the black man, page number six. Now watch this. Allah is he who created the heavens and the earth and sent down waters from the clouds and brought forth with it fruits as a sustenance for you. And he has made the ships subservient to you to run their course in the sea by command. And he has made the rivers subservient to you. And he has made subservient to you the night and the day. And he has and he gives you all you ask of him. And if you count Allah's favors, you would not be able to number them. Surely man is very unjust, very ungrateful. That's Holy Quran, Surah 14, 32 and 33. Now I'm going to skip down to this. Many people perceive the setting up of a ruler and the establishment of a kingdom as man sitting on a gold chair wearing flowing robes and a crown. That's how I used to think. I used to think God was like somewhere in the sky in the sweet by and by with this big old chair. And he, yeah, I, I, I used to think that. He said the true meaning is that Allah God is setting himself on the brain throne of man by placing his own depth of knowledge, wisdom and understanding within us. And he who is who created the heavens and the earth in six periods and his throne of power is ever on water 
that he might manifest the good qualities in you, whoever of you is best in these. This is Holy Quran 11 and 7. What is the brain placed on, y'all? Think about it. When he placed a ruler in us, he placed something inside to lead us and give us guidance by which we may be successful. There are things that you instinctively know are gifts. You don't have to be taught that. The nature of you is created that way. There are other things that you have to learn, but most of us know right from wrong. It is an instinctive thing that God puts right in the nature of you. So when there's a moral consciousness, your mind says, I shouldn't do that. Man, I'm wrong. Then you are coming awake. And when you are condemning your own actions, then there is an awakening of more consciousness. You are coming out of an animal stage into a moral stage of development. That is very that is a very good sign. But when you can do evil with impunity and don't feel anything, you are dead morally, dead spiritually. And you are an animal. In your so-called human existence, we lived in a world that is spiritually and morally underdeveloped and man's potential to become human has not been realized. Now, I'm going to skip down to this part. Okay, now he says he God is going to place in you a ruler, but the ruler that he puts in you has got to come through stages of development and on his way. It is going to create mischief and cause the shedding of blood. The universal law is fully explained. Glory, the name of thy Lord, the most high who creates, then makes complete and who measures, the, then guides. Four things are mentioned regarding every subject of creation, including man. It's creation, it's completion, it's measure and it's guidance to its goal. He says man can be an animal or man can reflect a lot of God. You start in this world like a fish swimming in a bag of water. You evolve out of that and you come forth crawling like other crawling things on earth. Allah God never intended for you to be an animal. He wanted you to be perfect, a perfect reflection of himself. But there must be a coming out of the animal stage of development into a moral consciousness where you have a spirit in you that accuses you for what you do based on that which you know instinctively is right. When God shares himself with us, he gives us a problem to overcome. We have to struggle with only with with the only force that is in us, which is the life force. There is no other force but God. Now, you may say, why, why you read that, Brother Ben? Because I'm looking at this when it says Satan, Satan has was given a time to rule. And I'm just thinking about why, why, why it ain't just I mean, God not just creating no adversary for nothing. It's a purpose for this. So when we when Satan is ruling, we're not just supposed to say, whoa, it's me. Satan is ruling. We're supposed to be re receiving something, seeing something, seeing the correlation with something. So then I thought about our supreme wisdom. Now, in our supreme wisdom, look at this. Watch this, y'all. It says, and this, is, uh, this is the problem book now. Uh, but let me, let me make sure, because I don't want to be wrong. Yep. Nope. This is the first term examination assignment. Now, this is problem uh, 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 question number 38 and answer. Then why did God make devil? Now, here's the question. Now, here's the answer. 
to show forth his power. That he is all wise and righteous, that he could make a devil, which is weak and wicked, and give the devil power to rule the earth for 6,000 years and then destroy the devil in one day without falling victim to his devil's civilization. Otherwise, to show and prove that Allah is the God, always has been and always will be. Wow. So this 6,000-year-old rule that we have, family, that Satan has been given to rule, he's brought, look, brought out of us. In 1974, the Honorable Muhammad said that they can easily say that you made me. So that means it was something in us that had to be brought out so now we can see it manifested, we can look at it and not just condemn it as the devil, but learn from it because what I may see in it is also in me. And so now I'm using this as an example. If I'm mad at you for treating us like this, let me stop treating me like this. If I'm mad at you for doing us like this, let me stop doing us like this. So there's always a purpose for it. And so don't be, don't be, this is the message I'm getting. Don't be upset when Satan is ruling. What's Satan? What's the devil? Just in contrary to the will of God. And we just seen the season of God. There is nothing that no power that can stop you when you in season. But then when they season, when it's they season, hey, it's nothing we can do. But learn, listen, learn. Don't laugh. Like you said, don't laugh. Learn. But watch this. It, it, it ends up being a good thing if we got a good attitude. Because when we look at this, it said that he allowed him power to rule for 6,000 years and then destroyed the devil in one day. Just to let you, I'll let you go ahead and do your little thing just so I can destroy you in one day. And prove and show and prove that Allah is God. How do we know who Allah God is? How would, how would you know that the vacuum really work if you don't get your, get your, uh, get your carpet a little dirty? See, when you're on the, when we watching the TV shows, y'all remember them BET commercials that used to come on late at night, them infomercials? They used to put the, put the cool, drop Kool-Aid on the floor, dirty it up, spill something on the floor and say, look at how good it gets it up. See, they had to show you something that was unclean. They had to show you something that was dirty. They had to show you something that had been flawed so that they can show you how good. Oh, that vacuum was how good that cleaner was. So if you're in a condition, if you're in a position, if you're in a time where you feel you a little unclean, where you feel you have been murdered, uh, uh, messed up, muddied up. That's OK, because God has came for us to clean us up. And then our Savior has arrived. It says we are all alive. So whatever the Satan is in your time right now, it's just a temporary time. You have the force and the power in the sea of God to say, hey, man, you have done this. You have been this in my life for six. It may not be six thousand years for six days. Boy, you've been bothering me. But now I'm finna destroy it in one day and show and prove that we are. Uh, come on, y'all. Y'all get where I'm going with this. So I just want to share that with y'all, man, because that's what stood out to me. Satan had a time to rule, but he didn't have a time to rule just to rule. Oh, there's some medicine that we were supposed to pull from that. And hopefully me reading these two, two, uh, you know, two pages, two, two messages 
from the minister God gave us the medicine that we was needing to analyze that, that situation properly and not just look at the white man, the white man alone and say, yep, that's him. But now look and see how that correlates with us and how that makes us a better human being at the end of the day. All right, family, back over to y'all. Sister Trippetta. Yeah, I'm not sure I can come after that, brother Ben. Oh my gosh, that was, oh my goodness gracious. So when I did press one to speak, <laughs> it was to share back to where um, um minister has shared um the scripture where Jesus um bent down before the lady called Nadolary and wrote in the ground. And so um, I had put it in the chat. The question was, what did he write in the ground? Because we all, I know I've always heard, and that's probably because it's not seen um, in the scriptures as I'm looking at it again. It um it doesn't tell us what he wrote. It says, it, it says what he said. Um, and, and, and like I said, I went back to the scripture just to one more time, like double check again. It says really like really shorter part of it. It says, but what, okay, say they reminded him that the, uh, wait, wait, demanded her to be stoned to death. But what do you say? They asked him. At this point, Jesus stooped down and started writing something in the dirt. When he straightened up, he said, if anyone, he said, if any one of you has, um, is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down and wrote again. One by one, the people left. So I had said, I think it was, a, well, it was another sister that was um, coming with me in the chat. And she had shared that he said that he had written, well, she didn't say that. Let me not say that. She said, again, what he said, that he's, you know, uh, he without sin, let him cast the first stone. Um, but I brought her back. I wanted to bring her back to what he wrote down. Could it have been? that he stooped down because he's without sin. So he stooped down to say, you're going to, we, we are going to come down. Um, But we can stand and go and be without sin. Well, where he stooped was his way to, I'm just saying for myself, maybe his stooping was to say coming down, but for himself not being in sin, but we falling in sin. But we can stand back up as he stood up and 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 um and then she walked away to sin no more. So can somebody just give me a little maybe I'm kind of hopefully I'm not confusing y'all more, but somebody please thanks. Yes, ma'am. If anybody would like to answer that, uh you can answer that in the comments or, or come up and speak. <clears throat> Sister Melva. Um I saw the light coming back again. Um, I just wanted to give you the greetings from the Faja prayer line. Um, Sister Connie Muhammad asked me to pass along the greetings to the Power Hall community. So that's the only thing I wanted to say. Thank you so much. Praise be to Allah. Like salam. Sister Yasina. I sound like them again. Uh, just to answer the sister's question, you were in that you were in going on the right path with that. It was to show the humbleness and the humility of how the human being should be 
because this is a, as it says in the parable, this is a woman who they found in adultery. And the minister, when the minister said, when he talked about the sexism, so you want her to be stoned, but her accusers aren't there. But it's the, but again, it's the humility, it's the heart of God to say, look, hey, and he wasn't even, the beauty of it is that he, he referenced them, but he was speaking to her. And he's telling her, I'm with you. Go, don't do it no more. In the Yasina version, Negroes gonna be Negroes. They don't wanna get hit, but they want you to get hit. Sis, clean your life up. I forgive you, God forgives you. Think better of yourself. Do better by yourself and don't do it no more. That's the Yasina version, new book coming out. So for the woman, I mean, that's for us. That's for all of us, particularly the woman. That's Minister Farrakhan to us. Go and sin no more. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> Brother Daniel. All right, let's go to Brother Samuel. My apologies, brother. Oh, there you go. Yes, sir. Um, to to Veggie of our great sister, the, what comes to my mind is whether we are taught that the Jesus had to go down into hell to ascend. Uh, brother Jabril said that the ministers made closer to us by Allah's mercy than Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So here's a man who understands our experience. Here's a man who spent 20 years being witness to the Messiah, but he took a fall. And though he did not commit adultery on his wife, but he became so embittered that he would say that he didn't serve foreign gods, but he stopped in his fall serving the God. And he took a fall. So he understands what goes behind a fall. So when we fall, we have a man that's able to have so much love in him from God where he can speak a word that lifts up a fallen black man and a fallen black woman. Brother, what you read from the minister was so, so, so powerful. It makes me think about the supreme wisdom where it says that 144,000 would be stars. And the rest was poisoned and rusted. And we are taught that that 144,000 would square the nation into righteousness and then cute. So I look at the stars of the world as an example. These are the stars that the world made. We can become stars that God made. And when God make a star, you can't blow the light of that star out. Before if God make you, nobody can blow your light out but God himself. So as we look at 
men, in particular, because the minister spoke about how men would be crucified. The image of the black man would be destroyed. A lot of men are being accused of sexual immorality. In this case, Michael Jackson was accused of the worst crime ever, child pedophilia, which we know was a lie. We have to watch out for the enemy. We will try to sully all black leadership with these type of charges. But as he said, he who was without sin got the first stone. I'm not saying that these men would be guilty, but certainly none of us are perfect. So as the enemy try to sully our names with things they know of our life, will we turn our back on men who are espousing the word of God because of what the enemy said is wrong? Women got to be careful because they're always going after the emotion of women. And I know that a lot of men have been so terrible in women's lives that the enemy would try to pay off the passion of the woman and use her as a weapon against the man. Be careful. When you know a good man is standing on principles and you know a good man is real and believes in God, fight that tendency to crucify your own men based on what happens to you from men that has been under the rule of Satan. Be careful. So I thank you, Brother Ben, for uh, reading those powerful words by the minister, and it was absolutely synchronized with this message. Thank you, sir. Praise be to Allah. Brother, Brother Samuel? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, the sister made me think of um, my father's first sermon. May Allah be pleased with him. But um, he asked that same question. What did he write on the ground, right? And I know he... He said he contemplated maybe he was writing the sins of those standing around on the ground, <laughs> you know, uh, and maybe that's why they walked off one by one. Because like the minister said, I don't understand why they brought her there by herself alone. And she was found in adultery. And then something you said made me think of uh, about the devil, creating the devil. Uh, and it made me think of something in my holistic uh, class. I think about white blood cells and melanated red blood cells <laughs> and white blood cells fight and die to protect the melanated red blood cells right and so your body don't need white blood cells until your body has a sickness in it it produces the white blood cells kills the sickness once the sickness is gone they they no longer need it until you get sick again right so i look at maybe that's one of the good reasons why he created the thing to uh uh, correct the wobble in ourselves, the sickness in ourselves, because it came from ourselves, so we could master ourselves. And maybe that, I always liken it to the body and, and how God designed that. And from my brother earlier, about that chalice, I know I wrote a message, uh, I, I wrote it down before, it says, to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, you are the Messiah of the world, and you are the Messiah to every human who wants to be civilized. That's what the chalice had said. He said that on Savior's Day, but what this message brought to me was uh, the crucifixion was the style how these people, uh, the method they used to crucify people, right? And the one I made the comment lately on was Deion Sanders, right? They, what they're trying to do to him now, what they try to do to him while he was at Jackson State, uh, had to get him out of there. I said, they ain't getting him out and rewarding him, in my opinion, because they love him. <laughs> they want to get him out to stop what he was building there and also to try to get next to him to destroy him, right? And I can see all the, 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 the tidbits the media puts out because he's in college football. He's doing it his way. He ain't doing it the great white way, right? So now you're trying to kill and create controversy or whatever because you know if you give him another year, 
<laughs> he can get the lineman national championship. Here I come. So well, I see them in that same mindset, trying to destroy him in that same thinking, that same vein, trying to get the legs broken. So he don't have nothing to stand on. Uh, even maybe have some Judas's in his camp to try to sabotage what they see he's doing. Uh, so those are some thoughts that came to mind as I was listening to the message and uh, as I hear the brothers and sisters talk. Thank you, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. Brother Clarence. Brother Clarence, are you still there? All right. Brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum. Can you hear me? Uh -huh. love it? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, we can hear you. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. Brother Ben, what are you doing, brother? <laughs> Come on, man. You brought that heat today, beloved. Come on, brother Ben. Come on, brother Ben. There's no way in the world we can get off this. You didn't open up the study, guys. You didn't open up uh, the restrictive laws of Islam. Do you all understand what this brother did? This brother gave you the science of becoming a god. You have to open up the restrictive laws of Islam, which is the success to all of us as believers. The self. You, uh, you, you went on, you accidentally went on mute. That is what brother Ben has introduced you. Then he went into the study guys, study guide number 10. Well, a lot God shares himself with human beings. However, when God shares himself with us, he gives us a difficulty to overcome. That's right. We have to struggle with the life force that is within us, which is the only force there is. There is no other force but God. There is but one life that is given to us, and that is the divine life. He says, I, the, the first self, the nominating singular pronoun used by a speaker and referring to himself, the ninth letter of the alphabet is ego, the I, or the self of any person, a person of thinking, feeling, and willing, distinguishing itself from the selves of others and from the objects of its thought. The enduring and consciousness, conscious element that knows experience and in psychosis analyst, which is not a pure science, is ego refers to the part of the psychic apparatus that experiences and reacts to the outside world and thus mediates between the primitive drives of the ID and the demands of the social and physical environment. This is how deep the brother brought it today. So we can't just let this go, brother Ben. You didn't open up, brother. You didn't open up the fire. This is going to be one of those power calls, brother, that's going to put you all into the eons of time, brother. Because this power call right here gives us the key to the success of the believers and what you should be looking at with this, with this, with this, with this, the self-accusing spirit of self. I, I um. Thank you for giving me this time. Allah bless you. I'm fired up. Salam alaikum. Well, alaikum salam. Yes, sir. You came on with it, brother Wesley. Yes, sir. All <laughs> oh, praise is due to Allah. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. 
with one point I did want to bring up as well, um, just in harmony with what we what we were studying last week about accepting the challenge and how the minister brought out in this lecture about it. There's not one black organization that this enemy hasn't infiltrated, placed agents, um, done things to manipulate with propaganda about the image of different organizations that were standing or standing up as leadership for black people and for us to understand that and us accepting the challenge to help the honorable minister louis farrakhan that we have to understand that this is a war is going to be and is being uh, waged against those who are standing up to help our people so just understanding the importance of studying being well equipped putting on that full suit of armor being sure that we're found studying and, and practicing what we study and not just again you know as brought out in james uh, that just to be hearers of the word, but be found, be doers of the word. So we just want to make sure that we're activating, making sure that we're applying these teachings. And like I said, I, I, just to, to uh, veggie back on what Brother Clarence said, like I said, getting into these study guides and the restrictive law just adds that icing on the cake on these messages because we really can find how we can properly understand what the minister is saying and how to practically, how to apply these teachings the right way as well so that we don't find ourselves just finger pointing, but do that self-examination so that we don't become um, on the side of the enemy and become that little devil or hell raiser um, that we're accusing others of being as well. So uh, I'll leave it there. As-salamu alaykum. Well, alaykum salam. And then I'm going to close out with this. <clears throat> he said, the moment they see change in you, they destroy you so you can never be a strong leader for your people. And it was, that, that was him following up when he says the media is used to demagnetize the person who has attracted a large crowd today, large following. So to demagnetize, to make you unattracted to the people that was once attracted to you. And see, this is this is why we have to be very careful and study. Because what the minister brought out about the about the woman who was found, and he says, "Hey, uh, let he without sin cast the first stone." Because the scripture even says, "No, not one is holy. All of us done done something. That's not an excuse. But if you looking for fault in one, oh, you don't. It's you ain't even got a guess. No, the minister said." Let, let me write. Let me. Let me. I want to make sure that I got it right from the minute. He said, "Uh, hold on. Look what he said now. Hold on. Let me see. Did I write that down? Hey, I didn't even write that down. Did I? He said, uh, he said, all of us something. All of us. Oh, and heard it. Are there any of you starting? This is what he said. Are there any of you starting with myself that have not done something in our life that if we would be that we would be ashamed of if it were made public. So don't even think about, you ain't even got to guess if somebody got some fault. You ain't even got to guess if somebody got some wrong. So what we have to be careful is seeing a person in their fault and then condemning the actual person because of their fault. They may have a vice. They may have some weaknesses. They may have some sin. As you do too. See, where we may go wrong is though we may find somebody that has a fault or a sin and we throw the whole person away and we end up throwing with the person the divinity part. We may throw away with the person the good. We may throw with the devil of self, the God of self, and now we're missing out 
on maybe ideas that could have furthered the, the uh, future generations and you messing up your own future. We messing up our own future because nobody's perfect anyway. No matter who you, who you got in your mind, who's perfect. Here you got this person in your mind. They got some fault. They done, they done done some wrong. They done, they done made some mistake or else the scripture is wrong. So what the media does is they blow up their fault. They blow up and, and really you have to be careful because this is what the media does. The media uses word. Watch all news people, even blog. Y'all seen what just happened with, with, with Tasha and Cardi, right? Watch the blogs. They say, they make sure they say allegedly. Well, this person had done uh, allegedly. That's to cover themselves because if we look up, let's just look up the word allegedly. See, we got to be careful. Y'all remember when everybody thought Michael Jordan invested in prisons? A damn lie. Uh, it took me five minutes to figure that one out. This is back in the day because I, I, I told, I started telling people, y'all selling y'all Jordan, you burning them, send them to me. I worm. Shoot, <laughs> send the Jordans to me. Y'all sitting here burning your Michael Jordan talking about, oh, he invested in prisons. What was I, what was I about to look up? What was I about to look up? I don't forgot what I'm about to look up now. Oh, oh, allegedly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they burn it up, and the whole time it's a white Michael Jordan. A white Michael Jordan out of Oregon, I think. And there, I'm talking about it's everywhere. People talking about it on interviews, people making a point between LeBron and Michael Jordan. Oh, LeBron opened a school, he invested in prison. And you just loud and wrong. But look at this. The word allegedly means used to convey that something is claimed to be the case or have taken place Although there is no proof. Go look it up. That's literally what it means. So when you hear news people, big blogs, big, big journals, people on TV, they, they have to say the word allegedly to cover themselves so the person can't sue them for defamation because they're going to just say, well, I said allegedly. But we as a people, if we're not careful, we'll take their headline, we'll take their title and we'll say that is the truth. That is the case when it's not even the case. They don't even have proof. They, they alleging something. So I could literally say, yeah, you killed my cousin allegedly. I can make a YouTube video about it right now. Yeah, man, Brother Wesley, he allegedly, uh, man, robbed me for $50,000 and he still ain't paid it back. And somebody's going to take that and start spreading it. Man, Brother Wesley, got, man, he took 50000 but I, I slipped in the word allegedly, and if you don't know what that means, you're running off with the headline. So what they do, they'll take, a, they'll take something, blow it up in the media. If a person has a good idea, if a person is fighting for the truth, if a person is striving to do something good for humanity, they're going to find that which is in all of us, blow it up so that now people in the past say, don't listen to him at all. Don't you can you can listen to a person and not follow the fact that he smokes. You can listen to a person and not follow the, the fact that he drinks. But they demonize the whole person, killing the idea now, not just the, not just crucifying the person, but now even the idea of good in the person. And now we, we end up without ideas. We end up saying we don't have no leaders when we are the ones who are who are who are allowing propaganda and the media to destroy them.
Because they have something in them that, guess what, is in you, your mama, your daddy, whoever your favorite teacher is, your minister, your preacher. It's in all of us. So we got to be careful, family, even, even, even in our families, even in our friendships. You're going to find something in your brother that you maybe don't like. You, yeah, you're going to find something in your sister that, ah, damn, boy, you, I didn't know you was like that. But does that mean he's not your brother? Does it mean that he's not your sister anymore? Now, there are certain things that may be, you know, I'm not saying every single thing. But what I'm, the point I'm making is, is we throw people away because we find an imperfection that's also in you. And you may be throwing away some of the good, too. It's like, hey, man, clean out that refrigerator. Man, there's something that was, ooh, something that didn't file in there. We left it in there for two weeks. Now, you done threw out the new fruit you just bought, the bananas, the strawberries. You done threw out all the bean soup. It was packaged up. I mean, it wasn't like it got in there. But you say, I'm just throwing it all out because of something that was in there. And now we missing out on some nutrition that we could have partaked in and ate and uh, benefited us. So that's all I'm saying is be careful of that. Not, and, and, not, and watch this. Not just others, but even ourselves. Let's bring it home. Some of us throw away ourselves because we find some imperfection. Man, I'm not good at speaking. So, so now you, you can't be good at nothing. Now you, oh, well, I don't, you know, I wasn't that good at writing a couple years ago. Now you can't write a book. So we'll look at ourselves and find imperfection in ourselves and, and what? In our own head, blow it up. Well, I'm not that good. I'm not this and I'm not that. When you're probably good at many things, but it's the story that you're saying in your head that's really keeping you back. That's really stopping you from launching. That's really stopping you from growing. Is because you found something in you that's in every person of greatness. And you've blown that up over the great God part of yourself. And, it's, and it got you in a mental prison. So that's it, fam. Honestly, I, was, I went looking down. So was there, was there any more number ones? If not, we can close out. So I thank you all for tuning in this morning. Man, this is a good one. We're going to be back for part two. We're going to be back for part two tomorrow, uh, the crucifixion of Michael Jackson. So make sure y'all go to the www.thepowercall.net. Make your profile. Come on in. It's free. If you want to upgrade and, and support the platform, you can, but you can still tune in for free. And make sure that you guys leave your testimonials inside of the testimonials uh, section of the app as well. So I thank y'all for listening, and y'all have a blacktastic day. Assalamu alaikum. Let's see if we can get this thing right. <laughs> it didn't work this time. God, dog. Okay, here we go. Assalamu alaikum. Is Brother Ben here? Brother Ben. Now, Ben got a heck of a program. A lot of people listening to Brother Ben. And Ben tells them about the minister. And Ben tells them about the minister.